0: Yo, what's up guys? Nate here with Philip. We just got back from Kansas City Collecticon and that is what this episode is about. There's lots of topics within this episode cuz we uh definitely had our eyes open to a few things with the hobby. And yes, uh Yes, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. So, what's going on, man?
1: Not too much, not too much. I actually uh, didn't buy as much as I was planning to. Um, I was planning to do a little mixture of buying and selling, but I had a great time nonetheless, and honestly, the learning experience I had beat any sort of make- crazy deal I could have potentially had. So,
0: Yeah. It wasn't like really a surprise for me. Like I've been to events like this before, and uh, pretty status quo, but it was cool. This was my first Collecticon itself, though. And it was cool just seeing like the Pokemon focus. It was definitely like the biggest Pokemon event for sure. Um, but yeah, the booths were great. You had a lot of people in the hobby around. And uh, I went in with, you know, just a handful of things. But I ended up doing pretty well with those things, you know, given my options were limited. But I wasn't really looking to sell much. But yeah, did pretty well either way. But we're going to be talking about that, our experiences, some sealed product, you know, the future of sealed product, because we got to see a little bit of that. Um, what else we got? We got some, I want to talk about the Moonbryon a little bit, the special mm-hmm. livery Charizards that we saw for sale. And we're going to touch on the vendors themselves and the overall vibe. Um, a lot of the vendors were kind of new, and there was. Very new. Yeah, there are some things that we can go over with that, but uh, yeah, we'll f- check out the news first. I guess our biggest piece of news is that our PSA order has a tracking number and it is coming <laughs> back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were we were eyeballing the PSA booth at Collecticon. Just a little
1: bit. We were we were, we were talking to a, a little smack as we were like we weren't like we weren't like actually giving these workers like grief because we know it's not these guys fault um yeah. but we 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 made we had a little bit of commentary every time we walked by like where the uh, hell are our cards at <laughs> you know um two years and here you are allowing bulk service and taking cards here at these
0: collecticons they they but listened uh, to our podcast last week you know absolutely. the one where they, we, they, we they finally broke And heard our negative things that we had to say. And they're like, okay, we got to treat these guys right. That's exactly what it was.
1: (laughs) We're about to send them a lot lot of cards, you know, where we'd (laughs) like to. And some of them are going to potentially be sleeper hits in about a year's time. We can touch that up on on another time, though. But
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do have a lot. And a lot of that money I could turn into... More graded cards, so I could be doing good for them. But yeah, there's
1: actually uh, after going through cards from my collection, because after like we'll, we'll touch up on it more, but after kind of having my eyes open on a few things, I kind of was trying to I'm trying to sell just a little bit now, and uh, I was hoping as I was going through my collection, I was seeing some cards that I really should submit to PSA, um, and especially in the bulk service, and I was like, well. I really don't want to be giving them more money as I'm still waiting on my first order, but you know, sure enough, not, not a day, not 24 hours after those thoughts.
0: Here we are.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have a lot that I could send at higher tiers, and I'd like to knock those out, but you know, every time something like this happens, like I go to an event or something, or I accumulate a lot of cards over time, I go through, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast before, where I go through like a clean-out phase of my collection, and I sell off the extra, and I think, you know, that's essentially what you did when we got home.
1: Um, what I'm tr- in process of trying to do, uh, it's been trying to, it's kind of s- a slow burn with a few of these vendors that we met Yeah, from the... uh but I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. It's a large collection. It's kind of chaotic. Uh, like it's a lot of different moving pieces within the collection, and I feel like it might be too much for these guys to handle. Um, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, you'd um, almost do like a deal, like okay, here's the booster boxes I have, and then sell those. And then here's the singles I have.
1: I think I'm gonna have to pretty much do something like that: Seal products, graded cards, ungraded cards. Singles I, might just, are, I might just keep the upgrading cards at this
0: point, honestly. Yeah, and those are cards, yeah, I mean, if you grade them down the road, like even if they are, are sent in a bulk submission, you'll make a little bit more. So,
1: Well, that's what it is. It's basically when I, during my pack heydays, I was opening all these packs, and it's basically all the hits or decent co- pulls from those packs. And I mean, I opened several thousand in a pretty. <laughs> pretty short windows, so you can imagine this quite a bit. I bought some collections, so there's that. So there's definitely another order I can do, and uh, definitely hopped on a little bit of a Disney train. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'd like to submit a few of those cards. But
0: I think we talked about Disney Lorcana in our last episode. We will touch on that a little bit in this yeah. one. Um, we got we got some uh, pretty. Pretty hefty news that we can't exactly share, but we can share. We our, could,
1: we, but we can't uh, say who. Maybe
0: I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm okay. He's just a random guy to us, so he just yeah. he told random people, so we can tell random people too.
1: Oh yeah, that, I, oh so we, we we are in agreement. I thought you seemed like you were hesitant. No, no, absolutely. I was I was hoping we'd be able to say a little something something about that, but
0: yeah, well, there's gonna be a lot of disclaimers with that too, but. Yeah. Yeah, so a PSA orders coming back. Uh I myself am also selling off some stuff because you know, I just got this urge to really hone in on my goals. Um I'll I'll talk about what I sold, you know, and the main topic, but it's a lot of Watsy and I'm the Watsi guy, but I mean I'm just trimming off some because a lot of Watsy just isn't, you know, holding up to modern And uh, we'll touch on that for sure. But other news, I mean, we have Pokemon officially launching in China. Um, It's officially, like, you know, simplified Chinese. I think they released in, like, traditional Chinese a couple years ago in, like, Hong Kong and somewhere else. But we're officially getting a full-scale Chinese release, and that is a lot of people. And it's a brand-new language it's going to be uh, quite the market over there.
1: Yeah, um, it's definitely going to be interesting because of some of the Chinese censorship. But like, I don't think they are—you're allowed to have like a ghost movie in China. So there's Ghost Pokemon. Yeah. So how does that work?
0: But so, just think of all the sweet promos we're going to get for, like, the Chinese New Year, Chinese holidays. Hopefully. I
1: mean, there's definitely there's definitely good promos that just want not involve host Pokemon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we can get a fortune uh, cat or something.
1: Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is, like, the product that they have in this image. I find it very interesting. It's very reminiscent of base set um, booster box in some ways obviously that's not quite the product but like just the just the image has that it's what they're kind of going for
0: yeah Yeah, I saw that it's uh, got Mewtwo and Charizard on it of course but uh, yeah that's a pretty cool product it's labeled like AC1A so I'm not sure what that is um, let me see if I can find something on it. Let's see. Their releases match exactly like how they released in Japan, too. So that's a, that's another thing. But looks like they have two Sun and Moon compilation sets. So maybe they're taking like the best of Sun and Moon. It's kind and of what
1: I got because I thought I saw something about Ultra Shiny GX in here. I don't know. Oh, that, that was the that was what Hong Kong and Taiwan were released with. So it makes sense to just start off with a bang and yeah. Hidden Fates is a great set to have as the as the first one, honestly, it really is. And then you basically release things quickly, just the best of the best until you get up to Scarlet and Violet is kind of what it looks like.
0: Yeah, they're talking about the, uh, you know, Pokemon TCG having an organized play thing, but you know china's very strict about gaming and children so they're going to have a lot of hoops to jump through with that stuff but uh yeah that's a pretty pretty big market pretty big news to hop in um
1: yeah it will be interesting how some of those products might hold up um i don't know if because you know that the china's market is a massive market um so there could potentially be significantly more people buying for these products years down the road than what you would have. I know they're going to be making more, but it yeah. would just be interesting to, to wonder how some of these might do, might fare long-term. I can't help but just kind of wonder about that.
0: Yeah, the only thing for me is, yeah, it just opens the door for maybe more promos, and that'll be cool, but I don't know. It's probably going to be pretty pretty hesitant to do something like that i'm sure because they already are but yeah for uh, other news and foreign news we have a japanese paradigm trigger which is <laughs> the other half of silver tempest that's coming out for us here like in a month or so uh maybe a month and a half but You know, we have the Lugia artwork on the Silver Tempest, so we can assume that Lugia was going to be in this one. But, yeah, we got Unknown as well.
1: Which is interesting. Um, You know, I'm not saying that they'll go all the unknowns, um, but an Unknown Altart could be incredible. Um, They could really go very unique on on that one. Uh, They could even do multiple Altarts on that one potentially telling a story, you know, kind of like a, something like a, head le- legends card, meet the Charizard cards, sort of thing uh, that, that's telling the story, like, you know, for the Venus or Charizard for those cards, maybe something that's kind of reminiscent of one of the Pokemon movies. That'd be kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. And we do have Lugia. We have a Lugia full art and uh Lugia V and V star. Um, the V artwork is done by Arita. Cool. And it looks, like, so much cooler than the full art V and the V-Star. Like, that that's what, like, a, a menacing Lugia looks like. He's, like, in the ocean popping out. Just a really cool card. You guys got to go check it out. Um, hopefully, we have an alt art of that style. I mean, it almost reminds you of, like, a legend piece. Like, how the Legends Lugia looks, like, in the water. Like, he's, like, popping out of the water, and it looks pretty sick.
1: That's the exact vibe. I, like, that was the first thing I thought of was the Hegean's Lugia, honestly.
0: Yeah, it does look pretty good. Um, Yeah, we have an unknown V, like, the unknown V on a V card. (laughs) So, we have an unknown V, V. Uh, And then the V star of the unknown has um, V star spelled out. So it's got five unknown kind of swirling through space. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I hope we get an altar. Like you said, I mean, people love unknown. There was, I think it was unseen forces where every single letter of the alphabet had an unknown hollow card in the set as a secret rare. I'm like, that would be cool. But
1: well, in the Neo sets. They had all, all the unknowns like spread throughout. Um, of course, it was more reminiscent of the movie from from the time. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of variety for it.
0: These but, were like a whole subset of a set, there was like mm, twenty something unknowns that were all hollow and all secret rares. So it was it was pretty sick, but uh, yeah,
1: I'm checking out the Shinji Kanda card that they showed too. That that one's pretty cool. Did you which see one that is one? That? It is the whatever the uh it's b a m whatever the elegant or whatever evolution the alien thingy
0: oh yeah you can definitely tell for sure
1: yeah it's uh just incredible honestly
0: but yeah any other news that popped up i mean that's kind of really all i had not too much
1: no uh just you know we can kind of touch that more in the main topic as well. But, you know, the Charizard, basically, you can get that for, like, $30 at this point.
0: Yeah. So, if you guys, yeah, don't make it to the main topic, take this advice. If you're doing a, a special livery Charizard and do not buy one for, like, more than, I like, I say, $50, but maybe even $40. Unless, like, if you're buying one for $40, make sure it's the exact condition you want, like, a really good one cuz codes right now are going for $5 and you can buy a code for 5 bucks. Do 2 3 packs in your cart on the Pokemon Center, it comes out to be like 22 bucks and you can get the Charizard card. So, in theory, the Charizard should be only worth 25 to 30 bucks. But again, you know, you're not guaranteed the condition when it's thrown in the box with your stuff, so there is that problem, but if That's you what, just
1: want the car to go care about condition, though, I mean, that that works for you.
0: Yeah. You I'd know? say, yeah, if you don't care about the condition, just go buy a code and buy $20 of stuff. Um, if you want a, like, perfect Charizard, maybe paying $40 is the mark because you're not gambling, but I don't know. It's it's a weird time. They were selling those things for, like, 60 bucks, and there was multiple people. in some areas. Yeah, there's multiple people like interested and like, I almost like had to tell them like, dude, don't buy that. The codes are so cheap right now, but there, yeah, there's these one guys, I guess we might as well just mention it since we're already on it. But the, uh, this one booth that had like 20 of them, I actually like looked through every single one and I found only two of them that were like good centering that you couldn't tell by the naked eye that they were off and out of those two one of them had the crimp lines on the bottom (laughs) so out of the you know the condition and centering is not too good on them so there's that but yeah it's just a weird situation but let's uh fire up the main topic though well I guess we can have that that start off you know since we're already in there um how low do you think they'll go?
1: Well, I mean, I think I said no lower than pretty much twenty five thirty, and I think we're at that point. So it looks like I was—I have said probably forty fifty is what I kind of thought uh, after I started seeing all these coming out. But then I think I said even thirty. You know, I know you kind of mentioned around that price. I mean, I knew they were most likely going to print these things to to an oblivion, just the way Pokemon's trend has been since the pandemic is just print. Yes. And, and some parts to demand, but that demand is able to consume the product in emotion most, on most shelves. Um, so I, I just assumed honestly with that, that it was a no brainer that they must be doing the same thing with this, with this promo. That's the only reason why they're even doing it because they couldn't have been able to ensure that people that wanted the car charizard, are w- would have occurred, and they couldn't have controlled the secondary market whenever it was the same print run as say the special delivered Pikachu, you know, I'm sure those cards probably gonna hit like a thousand dollars easy,
0: yeah, yeah, I mean it's uh yeah, I think my thing for it was that it was gonna outperform the bidoof. And then, after just seeing how many there were at CollectCon and then seeing how many codes people have still, like people are trying to offload literally hundreds of codes right now for $5. And so that just made me think, like, holy cow, like, yeah, maybe a PSA 10 will still outperform a Bidoof just because it's Charizard and because the condition is so, you know, a coin flip. Like I think long-term, you know, I originally thought five years that Charizard would outpace a Bidoof. Now after seeing all that, I'm thinking like 10. But then I also have to, well, you also have to think too, like these codes and like the thing you buy off the Pokemon center are only limited to one address. So if I wanted to buy another code and which I don't know if I mentioned that I, I myself bought a code for five bucks, um, And just got my card in today, which I'll show off in a video this week. But, you know, if I wanted to get another code, I would have to, like, put in a different address and then have the stuff shipped to that address. So, like, I think people are going to be caught with codes that they literally can't give away because everyone who wants one either already bought one. And, like, you know, I maybe know of, like, three addresses I could use, and that's about it so unless i start asking friends and like my brother or something but it's like for giving getting given what the card is it's not really worth you know maybe i could understand getting a second or third if it's like your parents and your grandma or your parents and your wife's parents or something easy like that but it's really not worth it like getting more than that but there's just so many codes and like yeah, how many addresses can you, like, well, come it's, up
1: with? Well, I to say what's funny is we have yet to receive an email.
0: Yeah, we that, we haven't got our code. These guys,
1: Which means these guys were able to successfully use thousands of bot accounts if, if they have this many. And that, I just find that ridiculous. Yeah, we can't even get one. And at this point, I don't expect to get one. I mean, we're in, like, what, a week 11? Yeah Something like that Week 10, 11 I mean there's only like Maybe a week or two left
0: I had so. I had hope that You know they They mentioned that they had Something in place To combat the bots But I don't think there really was Anything in place To get the codes I think what they meant was Is that you can only You know Ship to one address And then That's one and done so, yeah, that works, but, I mean, they're still making money, like, selling the codes, so...
1: Even if it's just five bucks, it's basically an easy five bucks.
0: Yeah, so there's so. there's gotta be something new. Or, you know, like, run a promotion, like, if you spend $10 on the Pokemon Center, you have a chance of getting a code. And then, like, only send out one code per one address... And like, make it clear, like, or they could even, like, I don't know, run something that you can purchase on the Pokemon Center. Like, even if it's free, like, just have everyone go through a process and, like, ship out the code. Or, like, email it with a linked address and then somehow filter well, yeah, them I, I out. I hope,
1: honestly, I hope that they can do more if they continue to do this sort of promo in the future. But, I think overall, it was handled decently with how bad it could have been and how bad it has been uh so i think they're they have learned and they have applied a few of those factors to this and i think you will continue seeing those factors long term in fact they're even this is somewhat different but they're even starting to put like security features now on japanese booster boxes
0: so yeah yeah that's that's something i forgot we were going to mention maybe uh Yeah, the little tear strip now on Japanese booster boxes, kind of keeping from people from resealing, but yeah, and then no matter what the process, I mean, it's really not a problem if they just print it to the ground, which seems like they did, so maybe they just went that route, but I don't know, it seems like there's an easier way, but let's let's talk about...
1: Yeah, I was to say, we've been talking about the Charizard a little too much, so...
0: (laughs) Let's talk about what we bought or like what we sold. So like overall, you know, give us a rundown of your whole experience and then uh, I'll give mine and then we can jump in starting with so, that Japanese news. Talk about some sealed.
1: So my experience just in terms of wheeling and dealing and buying um was in a lot of ways like I'm very familiar with this sort of business. I do it every day not with cards but with with use um, basically secondhand buying. Um, so I'm very familiar with haggling you know, the behaviors are surrounding that a lot of the some of the norms and expectations you have. so I pretty much I was pretty much experienced. It out the gate, even though I've never actually been to a card show like this and or a collecticon, um, And one of the things that kind of surprised me was how many places were actually willing to buy some of my slabs. I thought my slabs were junk slabs. Like they've been on eBay for six months, nine months, whatever, a long time. And I have been unsuccessful in trying to sell these cards. And in my opinion, a good portion of them were essentially junk slabs. It was modern. It was VD cards, and I mean they're pretty much all nines. I'm like, there's no way people actually are like, want these, but I was wrong, and they gave me twelve bucks in trade, essentially. And I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're gonna give me how much? I, I was willing to accept like four dollars like i was willing to go in and just like a booster pack going in that was what i was i was hoping and you know basically with this conversation i was like you know what are you trying to get out of well they asked me well, what are you trying to get out of it i was like well you know i'm well familiar well he's basically trying to set the price but i didn't allow that so i said well what are you willing to give me for it yeah and he was and he he set his price and i was like okay absolutely Cause I knew it was low, but I was curious to be see what I, what I was gonna get out of it. So I he said twelve bucks for most of them. There was a couple he didn't take, and a few of them was one of them was actually interesting. It was um, one potentially. I don't know if you recognize it was a PSA seven, but it was one of the uh, it was the Electabuzz secret rare from what was that? Not next destinies. No. Uh,
0: was it the Hollow?
1: yeah it was uh it was from the era like it was around the era i forget what's either like
0: supreme victors or an rc My set supreme. somewhere right around there
1: i know it was it was around that that era and anyways um he, he said no to that when i understood it and he said if no to and the other ones from the, I think it might be the black-white era of a Lattius and Latios that one had a stamp. And, I mean, those cars were going for 130 bucks, but very few people were interested in those cars. And they said no to it, which I, I understood. Um, but anyways, I they basically, the amount that they told me in trade was, I mean, spot on with what I evaluated at, like, going off eBay's fees. Not like what I could sell on eBay, but going after eBay's fees so i was like score I, I i said to you i was like nowhere else is going to give us any, any, anywhere close to this yeah. and i went with the cash but you know i was pretty hyped up this was pretty early on saturday and i probably should have taken trade and cash see if i could have had gone down to a little bit of trade a little bit of cash it is took the cash and one of the next places I, I did, I was thinking, like oh, come on, I'm going to get a base set booster pack because we walked by somebody that had a base set box open, unlimited, but we ended up going with somebody else who was cheaper. Um, and I figured, okay, I'm going to use this and apply a little bit of cash, and I'm going to try to get even something else. Um, didn't know what. I was kind of thinking the Moonbriant or maybe a PSA 10 Munch, uh, up Psyduck. Um, But I found out really quickly that I should just be trying to offload this pack when vendor after vendor refuse the base set booster pack. They refuse because everybody was so scared off from it potentially being fake because they didn't have confidence in their abilities and being able to spot a potential fake base set booster pack. You know, some of that absolutely from the, you know, Logan Paul... Fake case, absolutely. And, and it's kind I of a think, problem in
0: modern now too with Evolving Skies, Navy Heroes, even in Japan.
1: And the the safety feature will help. But what about everything up until, that, up until this point? And that's, I didn't read the full article on it, but the only thing I saw was it was just going to be the booster boxes. I didn't see anything about a tamper-proof collection box being the same way.
0: Yeah, but it's it's. I would
1: say I found another vendor that was able to take more of my cards, so the money I basically would have successfully had in trade was pretty close to what I I estimated, and the amount that these places were giving me to trade was to me a complete shock, because whenever I work with secondhand, we we try to give them no more than certain items vary. We all have to give up to. 50%, 50%. But that's pretty much it. Like that's the the high end of what we would give. And these places were talking 70, almost 75% in some cases would trade. Yeah. So to me that that just blew my mind. I didn't I, I guess I was naive to how these card stores deal with the plurality of sales when making profit whereas the individual cards. I mean it makes sense though because In order to buy these cards, and you know, there's a lot of competition right now with vendors, there's a lot of places that are buying for for cards, even though Pokemon is pointing to oblivion. And we did see that with modern at these places that a lot of people didn't want. uh, There were several instances where it did make it worth it, but
0: yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I saw or was surprised about, like, in doing that, you know, is the base set pack, and, like, uh, you know, the interaction with the vendors with the sealed, because this all happened before I even made a move, and, uh, yeah, for the trip, you know, I decided to bring, basically, jungle and fossil extra stuff, like, I've come to realize, like, a lot of my jungle and fossil stuff I just had just because like I had an entire first edition base set. Um, and then with that, I collected a first edition jungle fossil. I figured, you know, with those three sets, you can get all the Pokemon and it's cool to have them all. Um, but you know, I kind of grew out of jungle and fossil and I'd almost rather sell my jungle and fossil and just buy more first ed base. Cause Like, that's where it's at, you know, in Watsi. Um, So, I just kind of saw it as extra stuff. I ended up up bringing the first edition Jungle and Fossil sets, 100% complete, hollows and all, near mint excellent condition, you know, that were in my binders. Um, That's what I brought. But with that, I also had a art set of Jungle and Fossil booster packs that were straight from a booster box that I bought. And two of the jungle packs were heavy. So I was carrying those things around and seeing your interaction with this base set pack. And not going to lie, I kind of started to get a little worried. Like, uh, you know, am I even going to be able to, like, sell these things? So I think we
1: went, I would say, I think we asked, God, I, it was, it was a lot. We went through at least six. Because we didn't go through everybody. There's some places where you can just tell they weren't going to like d- dabble with it. Um, but we asked quite a bit, and we had no luck. Yeah. And finally, we just I was at the point where I was looking up. I was starting to get a little bummed, honestly. Um, because one, the plan wasn't quite going as I wanted to. Um, I was starting to look at PSA 9, PSA 8 graded packs for base set, because that might be what I had to do to get my money back. And I was like, okay, and if it's a PSA, I'll break even even with eBay's fees based on what these are going for on on eBay. Um, and I was actually, you know, I was starting, to, I was getting myself hyped up and excited for it. I was like, well, PSA nine could sell for like seven hundred bucks. I could yeah. actually make a, I could make a little bit, little bit of money here. And it was, uh, and
0: it was a solid buy. Like you could sell it on eBay and like make it back. But yeah, like your goal was to convert those slabs into something like tradable or sellable and then like continue on. So, I mean, it was a solid buy, but it was really like just the whole situation at the convention itself. Like with them being (sighs) sketched out, that was like the giant firewall for you.
1: I mean, you had the guy who basically said the seal looked good. Everything looked good. I'm like, dude, I bought this today. And I given, I mean, he doesn't know me, whatever. He, I mean, any scan artist would, would say the same thing. And his basically, he like even probably admitted it was probably legit, but he was like, there's like, for, I guess to him, it was probably like a 20% chance it was fake because of, from what his opinion was, the, the vibrancy of the color of the Charizard. So it was, it was a Charizard limited Pack. But yeah. the vibrancy of, like, the, the, the color, like he said, was off. And I'm like, dude, that's it. Like, he said that. I'm like, okay, whatever. But, like, you see that even in the cards because they were using countless different printers. Yeah. They were using different companies for, for these materials. They were using, like, that's why there's such variations in shades and color. And they were printing off so much that in some cases with the ink, that you could see if you could even have a card where the ink was starting to run out, and you could tell.
0: Yeah, there's so much variation, especially in Shadowless and first edition base set. Even in normal base set, there's some, but not as much. But um, yeah, we went back and looked at one of my Instagram posts where I had like four base set packs side by side, and I even made a post like comparing two packs and how different they were because that's just normal. Um so yeah varies quite a bit for sure.
1: So that was a huge eye opener seeing this almost universal rebuke at the shows for Watsi. And it was also alarming to me how few of these new new vendors like the people that kind of came up during pandemic and after pandemic have very little experience with Watsi. And I mean, it makes sense because when they came in, these base set packs were several hundred up the gate. So, And they're at the age, some of these people were at, were at the age where base set wasn't necessarily what they started out with. I they started getting... off with, I don't know, some, some other gin, but it wasn't base set because they're, they're, they're that much younger than us in some cases.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say, like, you know, of course we get where they're coming from. They're trying not to get burned. Like, it's their Absolutely. livelihood. But, yeah, I mean, the the biggest problem came down to them being so new, which is, you know, another thing we're going to touch on. Like, the vendors, like most of the Pokemon vendors, aside from the big groups who were streaming, and those were the guys who were buying, like, the junk slabs. Because, you mm-hmm. know, they could sell them on whatnot or they could give them away like they yeah, they, they have so much more boxes. options yeah, yeah mystery, mystery boxes, boxes and, yeah so yeah they have like means of getting rid of that stuff so in a way like junk slabs were kind of pretty hot because like they need the inventory for mystery boxes and stuff like that so but yeah the right biggest,
1: now the market hasn't adjusted for the cost of grading as well is also another factor so
0: yeah, it and it is why the mystery boxes are just becoming such a thing now, and it's I think direct correlation with how many junk slabs were graded, and uh, a lot of these companies like those guys are taking advantage of that, and it's it's a smart move, but you know if you don't have access to that, it's also a pretty good move to sell them those because they'll give you a pretty fair value, but yeah. Yeah, it mostly comes down to just the guys being so new and not so experienced. So, yeah, like, but, yeah, continue say, your the, story.
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, uh, one of the eye openers for that was All Sealed. All Sealed is going to be this, this suspect. As technology increases, the cost of that technology, especially high end technology, or what's high end technology, becomes more widely available. You're going to be seeing this issue. It's going to be no different. I mean, you got, you got 3D printers that can make just about anything you can imagine with almost matching functionality. It's not too far-fetched to be able to duplicate some of these materials. I mean, it's and it's going to be very accessible, and it's going to be, I think, sooner than what we might realize. And... Because of that, well, well I'll, I'll go into that later. But <laughs> anyways, the, the the rest of my story was we finally did find somebody that was interested. Um, but before then, there was a very negative interaction I had. Um, at first, the guy, I thought he was cool because I finally found somebody that I thought was going to buy it. But he didn't trust his own faith in identifying a pack, which is fine. We went over to this other guy who was clearly, you know... He was experienced. This guy's been around for a long time uh, within the hobby. He grew up with it. You could tell he was probably about maybe early forties, and they went by his opinion. And his opinion said he's not. He said he's not saying it's fake, but the shading is what made it to where you didn't want to buy it. And this vendor, this other vendor, that were right next to each other, the one that was interested in buying it, especially potentially for a moonbrienne, which I was stoked. I was like, perfect conditions. Oh, this is meant to be. He, he's, you know, he has a moment he comes over as this is going down and he he was like what did the guy say and i was like well and then the other guy started talking the other vendor and then after he pretty much said not saying it's fake but there's like a 20% chance essentially that it might be because of the shading but even though it's probably really less than that this guy's like oh, well there you go
0: <laughs> yeah but and then and then he basically like
1: Way too peppy. Like, I realize it's a different type of. I mean, it's a similar business, and like you, there's variations of customer service that are allowed in this hobby. But holy cow! Like, you just pretty much felt like backhanded me right now with that with that tone, and I, I just kind of like rolled my eyes when he said that. I was, like, and I was just like, I just want to get 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 out of here.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it yeah didn't it help. Like after that. He pretty much, like, just turned to the other guy and, like, just started having another conversation. And we were like, oh, okay. But, yeah, those two guys were were honestly, like, the only negative thing about the convention. Because I also was at that same guy's booth um, not long after. And there was a guy right beside me looking to buy a Dragon Ball Z box. And he... He the one that
1: was all peppy, right? The one that was all yeah, peppy. The, yeah, well,
0: there okay. you go. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, this guy wanted to buy a, a DBC Super Booster Box, and he looked at the guy like, hey, like, what what would you think about this price? And uh, he, before he could even respond, the guy's like, you know, I, I only say that because I think he was worried about offending him. And uh, he's like, you know, I only say that because I can buy it online right now, you know. Here at so and so for this for that much, and he's like, "Well, well, who is that?" Like in a really snarky voice, and uh he's like, "Oh, oh, so and so." He's like, "Well, I have no idea who that is." Like, kind of, you know, brushing T-C- him
1: encyclopedia. off. Like encyclopedia, like the Encyclopedia Dragon Ball Super TCG in America, you know.
0: Yeah, and then at that point, like I was, I was looking through a binder, so I wasn't paying too much attention, but I heard the guy say, you know. Yeah, like there's no way I could like do that price. Like I don't know how he's given that price. I could I could sell you two boxes for that price if you buy both. But he just was like very like I don't know, not not too pleasant to work with. Um and the only reason we worked with him, you know, or tried to work with him is cuz he had a long line of people like looking to sell their collections, so we were like interested in if he was offering decent prices or not, but I mean, yeah. Glad we didn't really work with that guy.
1: No, not at
0: all. So, what'd you end up getting after you sold the the pack? You ended up well, selling it eventually. I
1: finally, I to say, I do want to give a little bit of shout out. I know, I think we're gonna do them all at the end, but I do want to give a little bit of shot shout out to uh, Royal Gaming and Collectibles because not only did were they able to identify that it was a legit pack, but they gave me a fair value. So I, I bought it for 350 Well, technically it was like 330 with trade and all that. I uh, sold it for 300 But a third of that 330 I paid with trade with slabs. So I consider that already debt money. Uh, so I hadn't really had a net loss in actual cash when I sold that back to 300 And I actually had a... Um, I, he, I asked for a little bit less on one of the Southern Islands Mew that I purchased because the Mew he had was actually in near mint condition. It was very good. Um, I don't think you'll get a nine, but it's possible. I think it'll be more like an eight. But it's definitely possible for a nine if I get a good grader, but it'll probably be an eight. But I was I was stoked. That, that was the that the reason why I held off on buying the Southern Islands Mew anywhere was because just sometimes buying on eBay some of these cars I just don't like because it's so hard to tell without seeing it in person and sometimes you, there's different variations and different things but he had a southern islands mew, so I got, got that and the rest in cash and between all this like between all this wheeling and dealing and haggling I also found a guy who was trying to sell his whole collection um, he was very off on his estimation of his collection but all of his cards were super mint um, and I got several cards that I needed uh, Wahatsi promos, a few Neo cards. He didn't have much. I wanted to try to spend an arm and a leg, but like I was very happy with all the cards. Like I bought from him, I was able to get like 10 promos or something like that for like 50 bucks. I was stoked. Uh, good near mint cards, I was able, able, able to see them all. Uh, but in terms of actual p- things that I bought, it was very few. In part because I bought I spent basically a ridiculous amount of money on Disney Lorcana, but that's another story. So I was really just trying to sell more than anything, but also definitely take some cards from this event because honestly, being at these events was amazing and seeing such a wide array of Pokemon cards there. Get, being able to see these cards in person, especially very high-end ones. I mean, we saw... I mean, I'm not even talking about the Heritage Auction booth that we saw. Yeah,
0: but They had some crazy stuff.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you had the whole Mario Luigi card. You had a... Um, there were several Gold Stars. There was the 276XY promo with Charizard and Venusaur the Charizard DX. Um 10, there was several... There was even a... There's a few rare Poké Center cards, and then just seeing all these cards, a lot of these cards that I just would love to have, honestly got, like, this fix, like, out of my system. Like, being able to just see, just be such so close to these cards, and kind of being able to see how it are, and, like, f- feel, like, in some cases, being able to, like, touch the slab, with like, if, it, if the the Thunder was cool. And, honestly, that got a lot out of my system. <laughs> like, I, I didn't to feel any yeah, I, I didn't feel the need to have to buy all these cards. It was good. Like even having the Charizard Limited Base set pack, I knew I would like to have that in the future, uh, like the the art packs. But just being able to like own that, even though it's for a few hours, uh, was was awesome. And it kind of like it, it's a reminder of this hobby is cyclical. You know, it's it's not just it's not just okay, once you buy this, this is it. So I can get. So I mean, you can buy, sell, trade. I mean, you, you can do all those to get cars that you want, or just in some cases, just a pack to hold on for a few hours. And honestly, that that experience right there was a major catalyst. Being like, okay, I'm selling a bunch of my crap because a lot of my cars I'm holding on to just for like or a lot of the, the the sealed stuff I'm just holding on to. More or less, just to have it. And I started questioning, do I really need this? When I can get something else that I might want more? Like, I can always get these things
0: again. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, definitely opens your eyes with, you know, seeing all the stuff actually in person and getting to get your wants in sight and all that. Hence why oh, right, now you're going through your whole collection seeing... <laughs> yeah i would What's say there want? was
1: what there was one more thing with a few of these uh that I, I did forget to mention the cost effectiveness of doing these selling and trading was pretty incredible um honestly it was in some ways you can almost it's almost even to like you actually get more money by doing this in some ways than if you were to just sell on ebay because now with with the new tax law, like you're going to be hit with taxes as well. So in reality, you're getting like maybe sixty five percent on on the dollar. Whereas with these trades, all cash and trade, you can get like seventy, even in some places up to seventy five percent with trade. Yeah, and I, I mean I feel like I was getting more value. I I just wish I would have brought everything with me. I, I would have known that like I actually held back. I thought bringing like my 25 30 slabs was was going to be overkill. But I was wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to bring them next time and uh yeah. yeah. So you had a you had a pretty good showing and then you know, especially for your first event, you like like you're doing now, like you can mentally reset and go through all your stuff and you know, learn from it. Um But yeah, I mean, after you sold, um, or after you did the whole base set pack thing, like I said, I was kind of taking it slow, and uh, I didn't really try selling stuff until after you were kind of getting the pack moving. Um, But yeah, I pretty much had the same experience with my Jungle and Fossil packs. Hardly anybody wanted them or knew much about them. There was... You know, probably out of the 20 vendors I talked to, um, a lot of people I felt wanted it for, like, collecting purposes, but they were there on business, so they were like, you yeah. know, well, I can't really move that, you know, which I understood. And I knew they were going to be hard to move going in. I didn't, you know, I wasn't set on selling them. I just was basically bringing them just to see, you know, let's see what happens. But I did come across a guy who was, you know, he, which I found out this was his first show, you know, I also want to make a point of like our interaction, but I messaged him on Instagram. I messaged a lot of people I interacted with on Instagram and said, you know, Hey, good to see you, you know, just kind of make the connection, you know, and, uh, maybe get some follows and some friends in the hobby, but he was pretty much into my packs. He gave me a decent offer. Um, Probably could have gotten more just going through eBay, even with fees for the heavy packs, um, but for the light packs, it was pretty solid. And also, every deal I made, I tried to do like a half trade, half money, um, since they were kind of higher items. So I think I sold them the two heavy packs, and I got like a Evozard 9, and um, Special Livery Bidoof. I can't remember exactly like what order I got these in but I essentially you
1: the Badoof uh
0: pretty yeah. early well, I think see, yeah well,
1: Want to say you sold your jungle cards and the packs to two separate people Yeah but uh
0: Yeah I sold the heavies first and then uh yeah that got things going and I liked a lot of stuff at his booth so I'm like okay I'll just sell the heavies and we'll see we'll see what happens cuz I like the packs and I could always buy lights and have an art set, and you know, that'd be fine, but I for sure wanted to try to move the heavies, because I don't really, like, I'm never going to open them, so I could convert those to lights, but sold them the heavies, and then kind of went on my way, I was looking for some buyers for the Jungle and Fossil complete first edition sets, kind of the same thing, like, I feel like more people were trying to like shy away from that because you know, it was such a large thing and they, they kind of have to grade the good cards and they have to break it up. And it's, it's a lot of work. Um, but I did find a guy towards the end of the search. He was a really cool guy. Um, I think it was a bone club collectibles. I believe. Yep. Um, yeah, just let me double check. Don't want to, get his uh, name wrong looks like yeah cubone is metal on instagram but his business is bone club collectibles really solid guy and he actually does this on the side so it made sense why he might be interested he was actually interested for like his collection so really solid dude we ended up getting a a good deal done i did do straight cash for that i ended up buying a neo card from him on the second day though um, but yeah, I made a really good connection with him and we've already been talking on Instagram, like real solid dude. He's definitely going to be back at the Kansas City next year, so it'd be cool to catch up with him, but yeah, got that done. That felt pretty good. And then I was like on a roll, you know, I was pretty cash heavy and wanted to get the other Jungle Pack sold and then really make a move potentially for a you know poncho pikachu or something something big so the possibilities really started to you know open up but i went back to the guy who bought my uh heavy jungle packs um this was nerdy bird on instagram so real solid dude too um i asked him you know hey you still interested in light packs we worked out a deal for trading cash once again um and, yeah, we got it done. I sold everything that I wanted to. The only things I didn't sell were a PSA 4 Sky Ridge Charizard, a PSA 10 Mimikyu Scream promo, and then a PSA 10 Grand Party um, trophy promo. But I only brought those because, you know, I wanted to trade the Charizard for maybe a loose copy that's in a little better condition or I wanted to convert the other two into nines and in cash. But I didn't see a single one of those cards anywhere on the show. <laughs> we found out, Irma Guy, on day two, that a couple people had Skyridge Charizards that were trying to sell them, but we never ran into them. But I was happy sure. with, with how it turned out, for sure.
1: Yeah, we uh, we really did it right, I feel like. The first day, we kind of scoped out, we're more focused trying to sell. Like, we both weren't trying to blow all of our money at once. We were taking a deep breath. It was pretty hard. Um, towards the end of day one, I did find somebody that had a Moonbrion. just straight up Moonbryon for sale. And it was more than the cash I had on hand. And I was like, do I do it? Do we come back for first thing tomorrow morning get the cash, come back first thing tomorrow morning. And I was like, I was starting to get a little tired. We've were, been we were, we up since like 6 a.m. This was about 4.30, and we were just going all day. <laughs> and actually, good thing, you actually were able to talk me out of it because I almost pulled the trigger on it. And the same guy you sold your heavy packs to, he also had a, a doof. That was a great price. Um, I just wanted to... Give him a shout out as well. That was Nerdy Bird. Nerdy Bird. He was very easy to talk to, and he was pretty knowledgeable too. Like, he, like you had a few cards, and even you even asked a few questions on cards that I wasn't sure if he'd be able to answer, and he immediately, you know, he he had it. He knew exactly what you were talking about, and I was actually impressed because yeah. he looked like he was younger than us. But I did want to say,
0: yeah, I mentioned his name, but I didn't want to go into it too much but he was yeah he was honestly one of the dudes that surprised me you could tell he was like nervous and we we even talked about like you know he just seems like really off and like kind of nervous and turns out he, he probably was cause talking to him on Instagram after like he said you know that was my first event of this scale but um, overall for deals though I mean he, he was a pro Um, so yeah, shout out nerdy bird. He got some good deals. He had some good stuff, super easy to talk to. Um, he was probably the most knowledgeable person I interacted with myself, which is saying, saying something.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. He, uh, and he also, when we came back through, um, I was drooling a little bit when he had, uh, it was the Japanese air, Ancient Mew, and I can't remember if he had a 9 or a 10, and oh my god, it just looked gorgeous, and as we mentioned in our podcast before, that's like a top two or three card for me, I bought some at the show, got a great deal on those, three for, three for 65 sealed, I thought I couldn't have beat that, like they're, like they're like 35 now, they're almost pushing 40 on eBay, and I was stoked that I got some of those. But anyways, he, he had, he had that, he had a Japanese Umbreon, he had, he had a lot of good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I just I just wanted to mention his name because I really liked interacting with him. We, he and his, uh, buddy he was with, like, they were great people to talk to. They felt like somebody you just, you just kind of knew for a while. It was just fluid. Very easy to talk to.
0: Yep. And yeah, the, the interactions I had, I guess we can kind of jump into, uh, the experience a little bit, but yeah, especially the interactions I had with my, you know, most, most of my set interactions were like, Oh yeah, you know, we don't really do sets. That's hard for us to move. But a lot of the, uh, the interactions with the packs themselves, like you could tell a lot of people didn't really know much about them. Like there's one guy who like wanted to see him and he's like, uh, you know, are they long crimp? And I was like, no, they're straight from the booster box. He's like, Oh, okay. But like, do they have like the long, the long things on top? Like, no, like they, they came from a booster box. Like they're all short, you know, and two of them are heavy. He's like, Oh, so like, like how much you want. And he was like real, real weird talking to me. He was like trying to do another deal on the side of the table. And, uh, he'd like ask me how much I want and then he'd like go to these other guys and then he'd be like okay um um so so what were you at what were you at again and it was just a lot of nervous talk and a lot of like things that people said that you could tell they were like not really 100% sure what they were talking about but yeah nerdy bird who who bought the packs for me like he had a he had a scale on him. I told him, you know, I had a scale. If he needed one, he's like, "Oh yeah, well, I got one in here somewhere." <laughs> so he knew what he was doing. You know, wanted to check the packs for sure. He knew the weights of them. Um, but yeah, real solid dude.
1: And uh, I was going to say that same guy that you mentioned that was like kind of rude, borderline rude. um he was, he's that same guy was one of the individuals that really didn't have, it seemed like had, had a lot of experience, especially with Watsy. And it seemed like some of his knowledge was almost superficial What what he did have. Um, he had a pretty good deal on what looked to be like, I didn't get to look at it because, um, I kind of got distracted, but I, I called you because it was a red cheese Pikachu and it looked undervalued. And then I just kind of forgot to go back. He had it on for like eight or ten dollars. And I was like, does he know what he has? Or is he just trying to sell it like a shadowless Pikachu for just real cheap? I mean, even on eBay, they're, they're going in rough condition with like 30. That right there, that being that off on something that is a pretty notorious base set air and kind of reeled to me like he didn't know what he was doing in terms of Watson. And he had a bunch of moderns around his table. I think he had like, uh, he was selling booster boxes and he really wasn't interested in buying. And, you know, he probably, he was definitely younger and he might've been, he might've been having some like social anxiety too. Like I get it, you know, you're surrounded by all people. You can't move. You got people moving. If you got ADHD, it would make you really uncomfortable if you were in the same spot. And, I I try not to use that against him, but his manner and like not being able to directly talk to people, I thought was kind of frustrating. Yeah, it
0: was hard to like even conversate. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you could definitely uh, tell the experience level from all the dudes, and uh, yeah, it was just it was just weird, but and like some some interactions like you'd walk up and you know you'd be interested in a card and you know they they tell you a price that was like ten dollars off before you even you know mentioned it it's like oh well that's what i was gonna offer you in the first place um so i'm gonna go ten dollars (laughs) lower so it's just weird negotiation you felt like you were like or i felt like i was in control of the negotiation a lot of times
1: yeah good for me but yeah, I do think sometimes you have some individuals that might not exactly come from uh, retail per se, or even sales, and they might not kind of know the language and kind of the behavior and like the the routes you got to take. Like it, it's like a process. It's, it's like a natural process. It's every one of these deals can be broken up. Every single bottling can be broken up. The same few concepts. Like you gotta, if this goes this, you gotta do that. You know that sort of mentality and you can tell some of these people didn't have that background didn't have that experience and they might not learn it per se or might not learn it for a while so honestly if you know what you're doing in sales and know how to haggle i mean you could probably get a good deal over a few of these people for like 75 of these vendors yeah because definitely could easily control the, the conversation with Some of these individuals, I mean, some of them did honestly kind of portray the stereotype associated with TCG and nerd fandom. And it showed in some ways with their, I don't want to say the inability to speak to people, but like their lack of knowledge in this field of sales. Because ultimately, you need to know sales. You need to know how to speak to people well if you are in this sort of line of work. You could easily get walked all over.
0: Yeah, and I feel like if I stuck it out with some of those guys, like, yeah, I probably could have got a better deal, but, you know, it would be, like, kind of stepping on them a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, it just shifted our our outlook of of Sealed mostly. I think that was our biggest thing, and I I knew it was a problem. You know, I've been hearing all these people dealing on eBay with new modern product, and people seeing the Logan Paul video are – like the newcomers to the hobby, they get so sketched out about everything they buy sealed. They were shook. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even with like shook brand I. Joe. <laughs> brand new booster boxes. And so, you know, it's mostly like paranoia and dealing with people on eBay, which is just another thing. But, you know, rusty is getting cards from Japan that are resealed from EV heroes because it's going so crazy over there. So there's even modern Japanese problems. And uh yeah, it's, I don't know. It just makes me not want to be in sealed at all. I mean, unless you get it from a reputable person and you like have that set in stone and documented, you have to think about like when you want to sell. So like, yeah, the person, you know, you might buy it from a someone who has like a thousand followers on Instagram that you've been watching for Four years, and you know they're legit because he does a booster box opening. You buy it, you get the pack straight from the box. You know, good for you. And it's a solid way to get a pack. But if you sell it to like a company or like someone else, you know they don't know that person. So you really gotta you really gotta think of those things. And it's almost <laughs> deceiving because you're seeing a lot of the uh, the people on YouTube they have a lot of followers and subscribers and they're buying boxes from people who also have a lot of subscribers and followers and you know, all is fun and dandy, but that's not the usual interaction, you know, usually selling to someone you don't know and they don't know where you got it from. So.
1: And the whole aspect of steel product now, especially with how this trend is and you have to wonder I would hope that the, a lot of these younger vendors would learn and grow with the hobby, um, but you could also argue, you know, how many of these vendors will still be here in five years? That's also another thing. Um, not saying the the market's going to shrink or the hobby's going to shrink. No, I, I just wonder how many of these people will be able to continue long term to success, or if they'll cash out and sit and sell to somebody, which you'll, you'll also have. You'll see a consolidation as the years go by. Cause right now for some people, the money seems good, but in five years when they're still making potentially not too much off what they're making now and they're frustrated, you could see them just call it quits and sell and move on. Yeah. But it's, tw- but anyways, what I was getting at in 20 years, what you could potentially have for some of the sealed aspect is going to be the same thing. Like in 20 years time, EV heroes, especially EV heroes, actually, uh, Even Maybe even the Evil Evil Heroes box. um, The collection box. I mean, there's the Celebrations UPC potentially even. I mean, there's several things you have to wonder how hesitant they'll be in buying them. I think you will have that. And I think it's a legit concern. And you're hoping these people will grow with the hobby and know how to spot it on some of these. But... You could also have new people, again, in 15, 20 years, being a lot, like, potentially the next hype. Who knows? And they'd be the next catalyst and the next bringers or whatever of the charge and the hobby with new vendors. And it'll be the same thing. It'll be difficult to sell. And then even if you try to sell on eBay, we've already seen it with Modern English. Hell, I got. I somebody gave me almost a negative. It was a neutral review, not negative neutral. Being like, I can't prove these evolutions ETBs were open, Or I, I didn't pull anything, <laughs> and I was like, "Son of a bitch, are you serious?" I pulled those things from Walmart shelf myself, <laughs> as the person, <laughs> as the as the distributor was like leaving, and yeah i was like i even told you this was like this was like over a year ago a year and a half ago whatever it was and i was like dude that kind of freaked me out when selling sealed stuff and at that time i guess i just couldn't connect the dots because i was just like you know these are such good investments for the sealed things that it's a sure thing i didn't think about potentially i I was just seeing the dollar signs on on a lot of this honestly i was like i didn't even think of some of the 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 tangibles and intangibles in selling this product in five even five to ten years And this was a reminder, firsthand, you know, anecdotal experience that maybe I should sell my sealed stuff now rather than wait on it. Sell when I'm basically making a little bit of money on some stuff, breaking even at minimum on everything else. And. I'm okay with that. Let's just transfer that money over already in the hobby into something better. Yeah. And that's essentially what my thought process was. The majority of the rest of the collecticon, driving home from Kansas City, and I think I'm making the right decision. I think if you want to keep sealed, you got to do it with things that you basically want to collect. Like I'm doing it with the RCS Premium Collection. I'm, I'm getting that. You know, I might do it with Celebrations UPC, or not Celebrations, but the Charizard UPC. I might do it with that. Basically, only going forward, things I really, really like. Like, the EV Hero is cool, but, like, I don't display that stuff because it risks damage. Yeah. So, I'm not looking at it. Fr- Eventually, it's going to get a value, and I'll be afraid to touch it, because every time you touch it, the oil on your hands. And if you touch it with gloves, you run the risk of tearing the, the Saran wrap. I mean...
0: Yeah, there's no safe way going about it. I mean, and you know, I I have a little sealed. I had those packs, but it's like, I guess I've been around long enough where I know the good products. So like the only modern products I have is the Evie hero special box and the celebrations UPC as far as my modern sealed goes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm still thinking about getting rid of those. I mean, you got to think so many people, are collecting seal nowadays because everyone's kind of thinking like that and yeah it's a it's a good thought but i mean then you run into all these other problems and i don't know it just doesn't seem like the headache is worth it but
1: well i'll just say in addition to all that there's other factors at play right now the market is in a heavy heavy downturn a lot of times you'll it might take like six months i shouldn't say a lot of times but it oftentimes it takes like Six to nine months before you start seeing the effects of of some of that, and now it's interesting when dealing with the collectible, especially Pokemon, because of the demographics that several demographics now. Because it's different, we we were able to identify there are different markets, so there's now different demographics occurring within Pokemon, which is a, is just an example of its growth, and with those demographics even with this financial downturn you have like your 18 to 25 those who probably are mostly not good with money they'll still probably spend even in bad times but then you start to have other parts of the demographics that might not be spending and affected and might have potentially overextended themselves so my fear is what you're going to see is you're going to see potentially a sellback getting rid of offloading certain products, especially modern seal. And you could see this upwards over the next couple of years. And if you're, if you're a long-term holder, okay, whatever. But inevitably this is going to also make the five-year outlook be extended to get to the point where you want because of this. And, that with just inflation basically you know money in the future being less now i mean get my money out of it put it into something else better something that's stronger within the hobby because this is my fun money (laughs) but those are all factors to consider whenever you're dealing with seal product and i you know there was one thing after another that started just like like alarms going off not just in my head but in front of me with Kind of the market outlook for sealed, and I was just like, you know what? I already said this with most e- English sealed. I got out of. Well, I think it's time to pretty much do it all, just about all, all, all together, and that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> uh, I'm already going through a few people tr- trying to sell it. I'm giving this one people that we liked a lot first dibs, but we'll see see what happens.
0: Yep, yeah. and you know it's it's good not to make rash decisions like in the collecting, but. Yeah, you definitely got to uh, take it slow, for sure. But.
1: Let's see. What about, I can't believe this. I can't believe this, Nathan. We haven't mentioned the best part of the Collecticon, have we?
0: Vanilla Ice?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> He was the highlight, oh my God, no, no i i I can't even laughingly say that, okay, so to give you an example of what it's like hearing Vanilla Ice in concert about fifty yards away. Well, imagine, if you will, a seven forty seven airliner going off right next to you, and you have no way of shielding your ears.
0: Yeah. And not not you to got mention eat- this is all in a giant, <laughs> like, single room where the sound can't escape.
1: And there's more bass than anything else. Like, it was all bass. Like, I could, I could kind of make out some words, but it was so much bass, I couldn't even hear people talking right beside me. I had to, like, basically put my ear up to their mouth pretty much in order to hear them.
0: Yeah, Especially we when we try, were
1: we trying to make deals.
0: We were like two tables from like as far away as possible that we could be. But it was still so loud. And while we were doing deals, just everyone was just laughing at how ridiculous it was and all that. But Listen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the Vanilla Ice, I mean, they just need to change up the entertainment a little bit. I mean, I don't know. It It's a meme at this point, and some people still enjoy it, but they need to, I don't know, they need to calm it down a little bit. You can tell everyone was kind of over it, and it. yeah. But, I haven't
1: seen a place clear out that fast since, I mean, I don't even know what, what, what example to use. It felt like the place just, like, scattered. Like, the people were like,
0: please help me! <laughs>
1: essentially and i mean everybody i didn't didn't hear one person that that said oh my god did you hear vanilla ice
0: (laughs) but there was you know a lot of people must have came to see what it was about you know a lot of average people you know just there seeing what it was about because after vanilla ice like 2 p.m the place cleared out i mean it was quiet they were just doing some interviews up on the stage and that's about it but I mean, it yeah. was quiet, you could make deals, people were clearing out, much less busy, and uh, yeah, overall, it was it was really solid after that, and even the second day, like, Vanilla Ice didn't sing at all Sunday, so it was a much more chill experience.
1: Um, the only concern I had was there were significantly less people on the second day. The clearing out kind of makes sense, but... Um, I think this is just the second year that they've done this, right, in Kansas City or in general, like their little tour that they have. And I want it to continue because this was awesome, like a great experience. And I hope they continue to build on it because this thing could be huge. And I want this because this is such a great place if you're a fan of Pokemon or not not even just Pokemon. This had an incredible selection of Dragon Ball Super, Yu-Gi-Oh! I even saw Digimon. (laughs)
0: and metazoo can't forget metazoo
1: metazoo oh my god how can we not forget metazoo the lines were just going from one point of the center to the other I just couldn't believe it no I'm kidding
0: (laughs) yeah so that that's kind of what you know I saw like CollectCon is great especially for pokemon because we didn't really you know have a good event for pokemon and they really kind of took it all in but you know, a lot of it started with MetaZoo. Like, MetaZoo and whatnot are, like, two really big key factors for CollectCon in general. And uh, I really don't see MetaZoo holding up. I mean, I almost felt bad, you know. I like seeing competition or, you know, friendly card games. You know, it's cool seeing the cards and the art style, but, I mean... You know, we, we can both tell you there wasn't much happening as far as people buying and selling MetaZoo. I mean, by, I think, by far the best was Pokemon. But.
1: Honestly, I think there are some people that are legitimately interested in MetaZoo. And for those that are legitimately interested, you know, I, I do hope that it does do well for them. And so they can keep on collecting these cards. And... I did see a couple kids that did. I mean, they were with their dad or grandpa or whatever that they were buying some medicine products. So, I mean, there's clearly some kids that are that are all about it. Um, however, you know, you kind of have to wonder how much of that is it because of these people that they're watching on TikTok, Instagram, whatever. You know, you you have to wonder if that's playing a role. And well, that's exactly what them.
0: it is. And you know, they there's something that they built off the hype and so naturally it was overhyped cuz that's what it was built on mm-hmm. and now they're they're back to kind of where they should be and taking things nice and slow but they went from being like this big hype to like not as much now so that doesn't really you know vibe too well but you know it's where they should have been you know as as far as new company coming up and yeah they'll still be around so it's good to yeah, see
1: like, I think the competition is great, honestly. Like I know we kind of like give give Minizu a little bit of a of a nudge, but you know, like before our last episode we did kind of tease them a little bit, but honestly, after kind of reading some of the people that are interested in some of the Facebook groups and even the Discord, you know, I, I do want it to continue having or trying to have the success. There's apparently a TV show coming next year or something. I don't know how that's going to be. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm actually interested in seeing that. I'm really interested because that could make me like the products if it's a decent show, but a lot of people think it's going to be EOA. So we'll see. Um, but Yeah, they, they could. Still... Yeah, go ahead.
0: I was going to say there's, there's plenty of stuff they could change up. I mean, to improve it, You know, those are a couple things, but we talked about there being more, like, more of a con-based thing. Like, more games, more events. Or, they could do, like, best dressed or something like that.
1: Yeah, there was some pretty cool cosplayers, and we saw Sora. We saw several Soras.
0: I tell you what, like, honestly, Kingdom Hearts was up there for like the most cosplays i feel like like maybe was, maybe i just recognized them over everybody else but it seemed like i well, saw a lot
1: well there i mean there was cosplayers right i like i i saw hakugo i saw um you know i saw several demon slayer characters but i was just a little surprised to see so many soros and kingdom hearts people i was like is there something I miss? Like, is there like is there a reason to see in this concentration, this density? Was this, or did people just like, oh, you know, people that are a fan of Pokemon and like these TCG are also a fan of Kingdom Hearts? I don't know.
0: And I tell you, man, Kingdom Hearts fans, they're they're. I mean, I love these true Kingdom fans. Hearts, like
1: like Kingdom Hearts two, I put significant amount of hours into that into that game, and it was all on a thirteen inch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
0: saying, Kingdom Hearts they they show up. Those fans show yeah. up.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was great. Uh I don't think I don't think we saw any Kingdom Hearts cards though there.
0: No, I was looking too, but didn't see any. But this con was in general a lot smaller than some of the other ones. Especially, you know, we had Long Beach right before this and that place was huge, which you can only imagine. But I feel like Kansas City, like Long Beach went from the biggest one to Kansas City Maybe being the smallest. I mean, maybe the Charlotte, North Carolina one was about similar size. But, yeah, a, a lot of people didn't go to this one because um, of the signing events. You know, there's a couple signing yeah. events going on and another collect con type event going on somewhere else. So, I think Arita was doing a signing and then like, there was another signing on top of that and then another like con-like event. So there's a lot of other stuff going on. And this one wasn't the biggest one in general. Yeah. I think but...
1: if they can potentially encourage more cosplayers, like have, have an award. And I was kind of hoping to see there was only like two comic vendors. And one of the ones was like older comics, comics that I wasn't really interested in. So I didn't really give too much of, of a deep dive. Um, Another one had like graded comics from CGC, but I was hoping to see a little bit more of those, and we did it. And I was hoping to see more variety. There was some variety, like independent sellers were there. There was some cool, uh, like design for like posters that that was there. Those really cool artworks, like by independent artists, really awesome. I honestly would want to see more of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're, they could expand, like, so much. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I think they're they're already booked the area for Kansas City next year, so maybe they're keeping the same venues. Um, but we'll be there, I'm sure. So if you guys are going and or so want to go, have to meet anything up. Anything
1: I can't offload, I will be going there. To, I don't know what my goals will be wanting, but I can almost guarantee, unless something happens, that, we will be there.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a benefit just to have a stockpile to bring there because, yeah, you can sell stuff and buy stuff throughout the year, but it's just so nice, like, doing deals and trades and stuff like that, and that's that's what the fun part about it.
1: Yeah, the trade part especially, like, you can't do that. A lot of people, I mean, I am unwilling to trade over somebody I've never met. The likelihood of being scammed is too high, even if it's, like, Just a couple percent. That's still a lot more percent, significantly more percentage points than I would deal with in person. Like I would never deal with that at all in person, pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, there are obviously other circumstances you can you can think of, but overall, like especially at at a venue like this, like I don't have that issue. Like I trusted a lot of these people pretty well, like off off the bat. So the fact that if you are here, willing to spend money to be here, I doubt you are trying to fool anybody. Yeah. That was a
0: high thought process. Yeah, and with the booster boxes too, I mean you know, back in the day when poketubing was really early, like when I first did it, like twenty ten or so, twenty eleven, like you would do trade cards by mail where whoever was more reputable would, you know the other person would send them the cards first and then they would make a video and then you would send cards back to them. It was like through a mail system, like TCBMs is what they were called trade cards by mail. And so, uh, yeah, there's a lot more trust because it was a lot less of a community. Then if you had like a thousand subscribers, you were huge, you know? And, uh, same with the booster boxes now, like with the trust issues of being resealed and that. you know, it used to be, you only had to worry about buying it yourself, that it was legit. Um, selling it, you could throw it up on eBay and then, you know, you could sell anything on eBay, but now you got people complaining when they open the box and they don't pull anything. So that's changing too. So it's just a lot of things changing. A lot of my mindsets are changing and, uh, you know, really, I took a step back and just, once again, just buy what I collect. You know, I bought a few set cards. I bought a couple cards on my wish list. I'm just really going to focus on my goals and, uh, you know, not really worry about too much else. Because the too much else is boring stuff like sealed that is sketchy now anyway. Or stuff that I end up trimming for my collection later on anyway. But... What what was your biggest takeaway? And then I guess we could pretty much wrap up the the main... Well,
1: one of the things I also noticed was there was no video games. And I thought that was interesting because some of the video games that we saw there were... There was a lot of WADA. And a lot of people are probably familiar with the whole issue with the WADA pyramid scheme, essentially, that was going on. And a lot of their product has been great and is out there, and it's interesting because some of the prices some of these people are asking for are so ridiculous, and, and they're in a wada case. Um, and at this point, I don't know how you can actually give any wada graded copy validity, but I was I would like to see like a retro game, more vendors like that. Uh, now, I just want to add that on real fast. Now, my biggest takeaway of this is the Pokemon hobby is in a great, great spot. That was the main thing. Even though, yeah, there was issues with, like, there's clearly a Watsy and modern divergence. It was never more evident than seeing it firsthand. And it's, it's you almost could argue in some ways, maybe modern has much more people than Watsy. I mean, a lot of people like Watsy, but There seems to be a lot more focus on modern, and I think that's fine. It's just interesting to start to see Pokemon being big enough to have several demographics within the market and strong enough demographics to be able to very easily influence and I thought that was really interesting to see. And it was also kind of a reminder that I am getting older.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm no
1: longer the spring chicken I thought I was. I mean, I'm still young. We're still young. But, like, we're yeah, no longer the maybe, demographic anymore.
0: Yeah, maybe we have those goggles on that we can't see that. But, I mean, yeah, we were talking to Bone Club Collectibles for a little while. And, you know, he was just like us. He's like, you know, I can't believe that I could have a, like, a mint – shiny steelix out of my table for you know 10 percent off market value at 200 bucks and then people want to buy this alt art that just came out a month ago that you know (laughs) doesn't show the same promise it's not as cool like essentially he had like the alt art that came out a month ago for the same price and he couldn't believe how like you know the steelix set sat there 10 10% 10% undervalue, while well, that's sat there at market value and people want to buy that stuff more. So yeah, in general, we're in like a massive downtrend because we were so hyped up, but it's like modern products and, you know, especially alt arts are all the craze right now. I mean, they're, they're still very strong, probably almost hyped as they ever were. Um, A lot of people were looking at um, people's, what was it? The guy had EV Heroes boxes, and there's a lot of interest in those. They were sold out the second day. They were.
1: There's only, only like, one or two left. And I almost bought one, but he had his, uh, he had, like, his sticker on there. And I was like, I'm not buying it to open. It would just be strictly to keep sealed. Yeah. So, I didn't won it because of it, honestly. <laughs> uh, but I have people that were it just to open it, which is a great set to open, by the way. Definitely recommend. And I hope they enjoyed it. Yeah. But...
0: So, yeah, we're, yeah the, we're in a big downturn, but, I mean, there's a lot of activity going on despite that. So mm-hmm. it's, very, it's a very healthy downturn, if that makes sense.
1: And being able to see how... Well, it wasn't quite the turnout I was hoping for Day 2 and for its potential long-term success. I One thing I couldn't help but notice was just this overall hype that you still see around some of these, these all starts. Like, yeah, they are decreasing, but some of that hype and the overall plurality of how many individuals are interested that are within the modern market and you almost have to wonder like is modern that much higher right now than 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 watsi like sometimes like if you if you're in your own in your own like bubbles you, you lose track of reality and you know nathan and i were in a lot of areas that has a lot of people that like watsi and early pokemon and You know, you see that and you're not in these TikToks groups or social media or whatnot. You're not following these whatnot streams trying to get these mystery boxes. Because we realize that's not what we want. You know, we realize that's not the best way to spend our money. But there's clearly enough that it's dictating in some ways. I mean, it's it's dictating the market in a lot of ways. And that's from having a lot of people. And that also indicates it's very strong. And I couldn't help by seeing this strength and obviously being aware that pokemon was like top 3 the last several months in submissions and grading by psa and you see this growth you see this you see this excitement this hype around the hobby and it's like this is starting to feel just like the sports market straight up i mean that's what it's starting to feel like yeah i mean i don't see pokemon doing numbered cards hype like, like the sports market but I mean, it's the the there's the money is starting to get there. the the vendors, the businesses starting to surround it. I mean, it's it's kind of unreal to see that this is all around Pokemon.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the hype's there. I just I just worry like, or I wonder how much, you know, a couple months after a set's released, how it doesn't really hold up. It does kind of fall off, and yeah, you know, Eevee heroes and. Evolving Skies is a different story because it's like the poster boy of the entire era. But, you know, the other sets, look at the other sets. I mean, they're not really doing too well. Sure, the biggest chase alt art is, you know, staying up there. but Yeah,
1: that's what I was going to say. Is the alt I mean, art that, that's
0: about bad? it. I mean, alt arts, like I would actually collect alt arts in modern. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But that's, I mean, that's really about it for me. I mean, there's just so much of the other stuff opened. Yeah, they made the alt arts pretty hard to pull, but they almost had to with how much they're printing. Like, just think of how many cars are printed now and how many people open it on all these streams. They they have to make them super rare. So, super rare relative to, like, how many boxes you open, but there's so many more boxes being opened now today than there has been ever. So, it, it makes sense. Um but, yeah, I mean, the only other thing I have that we haven't touched on is the uh, little Lorcana news. Oh! Uh, I, I will to touch on well, that I say, or,
1: uh, Real fast, there's one more thing I wanted to say about the event. Um, so, one thing that this is just one person and a vendor would confirm this story, how apparently there's amazing deals to be had for the early access. We ch- chose not to get the early access so we weren't sure if it was worth it. Um, now, this guy swears that there's great deals to be had. Mm-hmm. I still don't know if I believe that. But if there's really good cards on certain items, I guess it's possible. Um, but uh seems like we'll have to try out next year with the early re- early access yeah. and just see if, see if it was worth it
0: i kind of i wanted to initially but then i was like well i don't really need to rush in i'm not looking for something but if i was prepared like i'd like to like you really have to know your prices and you'd be able to walk the boosts before anyone else and just pick out what's a good price
1: and focus just on specific things that you're looking for within your collection like for example like we know we're both trying to find heo hollows but we're trying to have fun doing it like trying to search we're not trying to I'm trying to find it as cheap as possible, best condition as possible. And I'm I'm not going to necessarily going to get that online, but I mean, you know, if you try to do that, you're going to be spending too much time sifting through through binders. So it's like almost got to be like one you can see immediately and just and just move on and be like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, okay, sorry, I'm I need to move on. I got. Well, and I got you, an you hour have to again. go
0: in there with cash too, like ready to That's buy. It. But the best buying be opportunity is you know the the second day. So yeah, I don't know it's kind of counterproductive in a way, but good in other ways. Mm-hmm. Like those bidoofs, like I should have got the second bidu for
1: And I should have got the I should have got the other one from the same yeah, vendor. Because they was, were actually underpriced. Yeah, and we realized that later. Like or like that same time, like I didn't realize that they had shot up to basically three hundred. Yeah, and yeah. I last I looked, the lowest one was two two twenty five, and that was just like a month and a half ago. I was shocked to see that. So
0: Well, I think a lot of that is on the back of Charizard, like a lot of people thought. Yeah. Charizard would be the guy, and I think he will like in tens long term, like I said. But you know, long term, but people are seeing how many there are, and how many codes there are, and they're realizing like Bidoof. I mean, we really never heard a whole lot of those coming to market, and uh so yeah, they're they're kind of taking off because Pikachu was never as much as Bidoof because it was more available, or people got more of a heads up, I would say. And Charizard, there's just so many of, so Bidoof has taken the lead for now.
1: And it has a natural scarcity factor working for it.
0: Yeah, Bidoof people knew about, like a lot of people knew about, and, you know, it was still peak pandemic, essentially. So, yeah, it, I think it's pretty limited, but.
1: Compared to the other two, in my opinion, anyways. I think that one is the least out of all three of them.
0: Yeah. But yeah, with the uh, Lorcana news, we were, you know, the whole time going around the convention, when, whenever we thought about it, we didn't ask everybody. But we were asking people, you know, hey, have you heard of uh, Disney Lorcana? Have you heard of that? And if we don't count this one guy, I would say it was 50-50. Like either people didn't have no idea or people heard about it and they're like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. We're, we're kind of watching it.
1: And some people are like, "Yeah, I heard about it." Kind of seemed like they were just kind of like pulling it out of their ass, like they were just trying to like act like knowledgeable. Um, I I got that vibe a few times, um, but perhaps I was mistaken in my interpretation. Yeah. But
0: at most, it was like, "Oh yeah, I have heard about that. Yeah, it, it's going to be pretty cool. I think." Like that's about it until we ran across this one guy. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, well, this was the guy. I actually bought a Charizard from a a Japanese set from these guys and we were just sitting there kinda of talking. This was like towards the end of day two as well. So not much happening. We're just sitting there chit chatting and you know, we said, Hey, have you have you heard of, you know, Lorcana? And he's like, Oh yeah, we're we're going heavy in Lorcana and so There's
1: a guy from Saint Louis too, we found out. I have his card somewhere. But but we won't we won't we won't say
0: it. Yeah. This is like Which I looked him up on Instagram. All his accounts are pretty small. So keep this in mind. We don't know how knowledgeable this guy was or how credible he was. We did have a good conversation before this. So maybe he was just telling us stuff just to get us hyped. Maybe he bought three sets and he's trying to, you know, have them go up. Because, you know, essentially that's what we're doing. We're trying to spread the word. We believe in it and we want to get people known about it. Because there's only 900 copies of these things. That's not a lot at all. I mean, mm-hmm. if you know, even if the game flops like 900 people, I mean, that's enough to really send them sky high. But he knew his stuff. He actually knew about the sets, knew the cards. He was mostly collecting utility cards because they were into magic a lot. He's like a magic supplier out of St. Louis. And, you know, in Magic, the cards that are worth the most are the cards that are playable. Um, But there's not really collectible cards in Magic. And Lurkana is kind of hitting both worlds, like the playability of Magic and the collectability of Pokemon, which is good. So he said he was going all in. And essentially, you know, he said he was in the discords and... The Discord talks, I don't know if this happened with the creator or what, but there was talks about a potential Pro Tour-like event, which is essentially like a a tour or like a Friday night magic system that you see with magic where you can like play and earn points and then go on to bigger events and essentially how the like state championships, regional world event works in Pokemon. Um, essentially something in the works along those lines. Now, once again, we have no idea how credible this guy is. Um, Could just be pulling it out of who knows where. But when he said that, I mean, it honestly gave me goosebumps because, you know, that's where you think of things heading with a card game like this trying to be competitive. But, you know, it's just good to hear someone else Think that there's a vendor at like one of these events and he's like really into it, so who knows? I mean, it's got some crazy potential for sure. I mean, that's easy to see, but if something like this happens, it's gonna be nuts.
1: Yeah, I uh, actually have my cards with me right now, and uh, just got my Mickey promo in today, and this was the reason why. I didn't spend that much um, at the event, and I'm actually trying to sell some of my stuff in part to get a second one. I don't know if I will be able to do that in time. We'll see. One of the people I was trying to to sell to did PM me right as we began our podcast, so I wasn't able to see it, um, if that deal is going to go through or not. But I'm trying to get a second one because I believe in it that much. And if not, I'll just get a bunch of more Mickey promos because I thought it was a 10, but then small little edge wear that might make it go down at 9, maybe even worse. It's like it's in your perfect card besides that one spot. Very, very disappointing. And couldn't even see that in the photos. Wanted to be able to see that in the photos. Um, it's just, it's so small, but it's such, it's, I mean, it, it could go either way. It could be a 10, could be a 9, could be a 6. <laughs>
0: yeah Uh, it's It's... like it's
1: like a 30 30 30 but i mean these these cards were all made in crap condition like like they weren't the best quality um but i mean they are gorgeous like the the foil ones of the d3 d23 expo set is just i mean jaw-dropping i mean it's got that aesthetic feel of pokemon out the gate
0: and yeah uh, it's that's notable it's awesome for sure. And then uh, Yeah, just seeing the prices they're going for, which I'm actually looking them up, up now, which I got a yeah. little I got a little update for you.
1: One well, sold for 3,000, but I'm not so sure about that one.
0: Well, yesterday they were 2,100 it looks like. But today and the end of like last night, I see 2,600, 3,000. Here's another one. Uh there's a Elsa that sold alone for four forty nine.
1: What? I didn't get the notification for that. Oh (laughs) it does that's that's probably gonna be in my opinion, that's gonna be the card.
0: It has a lot of silvering though. It has those silver dots that I was mentioning. Well it might not be worth it, but here's a signed one. here's a signed one with a Mickey that sold for 3900
1: going ham
0: here's see, another one 3000 it. with the signed booklet
1: see i with 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 mine like whenever i i just do like this set of six cards i i looked at it unless it this is in the last like hour or two that's interesting cuz i didn't see the 2600 one or the elsa being sold either um the mickeys are still relatively affordable um we, I guess, got. They're they're time. pushing
0: at three hundred now, with like the non-signed ones for buy it now.
1: Well, you can still get like if you look at the auctions, you can still usually get them around uh, under two fifty. Um, yeah. But yeah, the these sets, I mean, you know, here's here's okay. I'm just gonna go ahead and say my opinion on it. Um, I don't really consider ourselves social media influencers. I'm not saying anybody should go stretch themselves to buy this item. I do not advise that. We're you know we're not financial advisors, but here's my opinion on the set. I think at minimum it doubles between now and launch. Maybe even more. Disney collectors are the most uh, loyal and sensational and rabid of any fan buyers business.
0: of random shit. <laughs>
1: hundred dollar popcorn buckets i mean so basically in my opinion this the the chance of it substantially decreasing in value are substantially lower than the chance of it significantly increasing in value and i think that percentage and and that chance it's hard to like properly evaluate it like objectively like, this is, like, subjective, mostly subjective in terms of my interpretation of some of the numbers. First off, we, in the last podcast, we thought 350, maybe 500, that these things will come out, out the gate. We were wrong. I am shocked at how wrong I was. No, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm not a narcissist. I realize that sounded very narcissistic, but I mean, I mean, that in, like, a, a good way. Like, I, get I it. misinterpreted, like, yeah, I misinterpreted Yeah. I, I threw everything. 500
0: out there. And in a way, like you know, we were right. That is what the first ones went for, <laughs> but it's just the fact that people—I know mm-hmm. there's just a surge of people like buying them up that they just shot up. But
1: yeah, I mean, if I can't get an, if the set goes out of my reach, I plan on buying just a bunch of Mickey's because I think that card on launch day is going to be over a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars raw. That's my. It it was already reaching that out the gate. Obviously, you know, first the market was not lower, but it even it stayed steady at like five, six too for a while. Like a lot sold at that price, and if that many sold with such little knowledge surrounding this already, what do you think it's going to sell whenever the whole mass of Disney's behind it? Yeah, when man. everybody, Disney is a conglomerate. <laughs> like I, I mean, okay, so Disney is a truly an American company. And one of the things when you talk about investing in stocks, like blue chip stocks, Disney is one of those. Betting against Disney is betting against America. That is one of the easiest analogies I, I can make. Is like if you – like Disney is one of the biggest exporters of entertainment. Disney has so it hands in so much stuff, so many different markets, so many different companies – that they are a massive part of America's culture, America's identity. Uh, I mean, in in many cases, I mean, America's economy. I mean, they are keeping single-handedly movie theaters alive at this point.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, you just think, like, their reach is so big. We've mentioned before, Pokemon is the best, you know, highest-grossing media franchise, but... Disney owns, like, five of the top 11 or something like that. Like, Disney is bigger, for sure. And they're not, like, you know, Japanese company Pokemon, like, being very strategic and want to, you know, think out their product releases and all this. They're, they're going to throw this everywhere.
1: I think they have the resources to already get into the big box stores immediately, they can get the word out easy because they, they could have fluff pieces on numerous of their news broadcasts. Like, the hype is getting built for Lorcana, like on ABC or... Uh, I mean, they own a big portion of Fox now. Almost all of Fox. I mean...
0: All the kid shows are going to have commercials yes. for it.
1: Oh, my God. Like, they control all of that.
0: And not only and- that, like, Ravensburger... And their villainous board game with Disney is already, like, a pretty good hit. I mean, I went to Barnes & Noble the other day. It's in Target. It's in Barnes & Noble. It's at, like, our local game store. It's everywhere. And the shelf for it at Barnes & Noble was empty aside from one box. And then I walked around, and right in the middle of the store, like, one of the fixtures right in the middle of the hallway, essentially, as you walk in, was nothing but villainous like front and center to sell it
1: it's a pretty big seller i think the marvel sold like three million copies or something like that or maybe it's the whole villainous line but i do know they've done amazing there's a reason why disney is trusting Ravensburger to do this and i mean you hear you hear these creators talk and i mean they're doing everything right they are doing absolutely everything right and i mean people are all like you know like they're hesitant right like and it's like you know don't hurt me, sort of sort of vibe. And people want to jump into it. And people are already jumping hard into it. It has the potential to be more playable than Pokemon because most of us collect Pokemon. And, you know, Pokemon's trying to get people to play it. And it's potentially simple enough to be to, for anybody to play it. Relatable to anybody to play it. Parents can play it with their kids. And parents can have fun too because it's the same character that they knew or that they know. And because that nostalgia factor is already there, they already have a Pokemon It spent the last 25 years building. They got four generations of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they already got the Nostalgia Factor. They, that, that's, let's just get that out of the way. Like, they already have that. And when you see these foil on these cards. They got that foil down already. They got that, that beautiful aesthetic feeling. And the design, at first I was unsure about the of design. But honestly, the more I look at it, the more I like it. Like I like the design of, the, of their cards. So they got the aesthetic feel. I mean, if, if that gameplay goes down, boom, there you go. I mean, they're already a successful TCG, and they're going to wedge themselves right past Yu-Gi-Oh! And pretty much right up to Magic and Pokemon.
0: Yep, it's it's got some crazy potential, and this guy, he was on board too, but that's what that's what the main factors were you know for you selling your collection or selling a lot of stuff and going through it again i i'm more focused on pokemon like yeah i want to get another set of lorcana but i'm going to go about it methodically like if we can sell a lot of stuff from this order i'm going to focus on my sets first cuz it's not that much and then maybe if i have enough to cover another set and beyond I'll get one, but yeah, it's a, it's definitely going to be crazy either way. Like the guy said at the con, like, you know, the peak, if we're seeing a peak like two months after release, maybe that's the time to sell, um, could go on beyond that, but you're going to have a selling opportunity very close to launch. If you really want to get out of it, um, and, and then and then it might cool off as the hype mm-hmm. dies down and then you know it's essentially going to be like a a curve like we've seen in Pokémon many times the initial hype will kind of die down At, as launch gets closer it's going to uptick people are going to learn about these cards lorcana is going to be big news a couple months in everyone's going to be playing it it's going to be fourth fresh yeah it everywhere. It's going to be fresh, it's going to be Christmas, people are going to want it for Christmas. And then, you know, as the hype cools down, the cards will kind of go down in price a little bit, stagnate a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it might it might be the time to sell, but if this continues to be a thing and people continue to play like 5 to 10 years down the road, these could be absolutely insane cards.
1: Yep. And that's why I want two sets, one to sell at launch, one to sell in 10 to 20 years. Basically recoup the cost. That's that, that's my thought process around it. Recoup the cost if I have to, if I hit the bad vibe. And if not, hold long term these cards. And I was pretty good with my eye with these cards. Like a lot of these people in this Discord were upset. They're like, oh, man, this guy did it package my cards well and then you see what who they're buying from oh he's got oh he's got a negative one review (laughs) i saw that there was a guy with a negative one review selling one one of these sets two to three thousand dollars so i mean i put i mean yeah there is some blame on the seller but at the same time people are spending this much money without thinking about that that was the first thing i thought of was condition can this seller package right I chose a guy with a 300 rating that was selling sports cards. Boom. And I chose one based on the condition of Elsa and Robin Hood and one other. And those were all good. Of course, the like the edging you kind of have on all these cards, Black Border, I imagine they're almost all going to have this. I felt like I did really, really well. I think all of mine are potentially going to grade a 9. The Maleficent mm, <laughs> had quite... Was heavy on the border. I think that's gonna pull an eight with Elsa having a chance out of ten. Yes, Elsa has a chance out of ten. I feel lucky, but who knows? Um, The only issue: centering's perfect. uh, Corners are perfect. Just that, like, crappy, like where it was cut on the machine, sort of thing. Um, I I just think that the upside of this is so big that I cannot pass this up. I can hold off on anything big with Pokemon. The next year, because in my opinion, nothing's going to go up. So significant, I w- it will go out of my bracket, like my tax bracket to be able to afford it. I'm not worried about that with anything. I'm not worried about ever seeing all these cards and how accessible, how easy it is to get trades, to do all this. I am not worried about any of that anymore. And it reaffirmed that not only was getting the first set in Mickey a good choice, but getting another is also a good choice. Now, again, do not do that to overextend yourself to try, try to get on this hype that is very, very dangerous. These are expensive sets. These might not be in the best condition. You might get screwed on the seller. There are still some of the people that are still selling it are some of the worst sellers that are still up. And that is not- notable because eventually that's going to be who's the primary thing, the sellers that are so oblivious to the price of the market. They're just like, oh, $8,000. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that that sort of issue. But...
0: It's crazy to see. I believe in it. Yeah, it's crazy to see how like healthy the discords are, and everything right now. I mean, there's people talking in it right now, just discussing things. I guess Miller, one of the designers, you know, they asked him on Twitter. I, I guess Twitter's the place where they're most active for some reason. Um, they were asking him if there's going to be a first edition stamp on the first chapter cards and he said he basically uh can't comment on that just yet but
1: i think they're undecided and i think there you know there's a reason there is a reason why pokemon no longer does that and i don't disney really shouldn't be doing that i think it'd be bad potentially yeah. out the gate, because everybody's going to be like, Pokemon first edition, Pokemon first edition, although more people are going to be keeping it sealed. Nobody thought Pokemon would be worth anything, so a few people kept them sealed. Um, but it's still the first edition of Disney Lurkana, you know, the Open TCG. It's going to carry a pretty penny, even if people are hoarding it. But, I hope they, they don't go that route, because it's going to get ugly. If they go that route. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be bad look for the TCG out the gate. So I think they should stick to exclusive promos that either have no playability or they have a other variant of the same card, like All Arts or something like that, or have a other variant of the same card that can be played. Because they already said that any promo that they have will will basically be printed differently but still playable as a different card, like without the stamp.
0: Yeah, and essentially if you make a first edition, I mean, there's going to be three different copies of... Like, you know, you have the Elsa promo, then you have Elsa First Edition, then you have Elsa Unlimited. So I think they already meet that collectibility factor with these promos. But, you know, they're just going to have to come up with a way to distribute them, you know, every so often. Which, you know, they have plenty of events, plenty of products to sell that they could toss them in. So.
1: And, you know, they'll no doubt, especially if it kind of enters like a Pokemon sort of thing, they'll have exclusive promos in their parks. Yeah. But yeah.
0: So yeah, it's it's gonna be nuts, but you know, we kind of went off there. You can tell how passionate we are with the Lorcana. Oh yeah,
1: it has been my driving force. It really has. Like obviously, I'm so I'm, I'm still buying Pokemon. Um, I mean, I'm looking at poke Center right now. <laughs> like
0: I almost like, want to. Like I could see myself selling. Like I like it and it's solid, but I almost want to buy two so i could sell it like in the first hype like like you said but i mostly want to buy a set like another set because my elsa has like some spots on it and the maleficent dragon has some spots on it like i almost want to like keep the better versions and then you know sell the other ones pretty quickly and then just have one set just for fun but yeah we'll see what happens though but we are skipping the game on this episode, but we're going to jump into questions, and then uh at the end, we'll just give shout outs and we don't have to elaborate on the shout outs any we'll just say the name, but yeah,
1: we knew we were going to run a little bit long, so we just kind of got rid of the game. but there was a question that we both wanted to to bring up today, so
0: yeah well, you got what you got for your question
1: okay. So this was, as you mentioned, this was going on at the same time as the KC Con. And there was... One of the artists was the uh, Kuki Haito. Um, And he's a big-time artist. Like, he did my RCS card. RCS 4, AR 4, the Ice 1. And he did, like, the Poncho Pikachu. I mean, almost every major promo was was almost him, it it seemed like. Um, Really huge, huge and the... Pokemon uh, community. And he was doing a signing in Baltimore, Maryland. And it was disastrous for some people. Absolutely disastrous. It sounded. There's people who waited apparently eight plus hours in line for a chance. Like 5 a.m. to like people that got in line at like 6 a.m. and they still couldn't get through. I mean. Yeah.
0: There's some people that waited. I think six hours and then got cut from the line. Like the people who got the signed stuff had to wait longer because they had to go through the line. But essentially, you know, the first day it was kind of mixed. But the second and third days were horrible because people saw what happened and it just got worse and worse. Essentially, by Sunday, people were lining up at midnight for the signing in the next day. And if you weren't there by 2 a.m. to wait, you pretty much got cut off. Like at some point during the signing when they actually started the next day after, you know, you already waited there six hours for them to open. They counted the people in the line and said, OK, we're not going to be able to get to you. You're it. You're you're cut off. And like the purse, the last person who didn't get cut off, got there at like 2 a.m. So
1: I've been furious, if I had to wait six hours, like absolutely furious.
0: Yeah, so essentially just out. to get a signing, you had to be there at 2 a.m. and then wait six hours to hopefully not be cut off in line to say that's it. But just miserable okay. experience. People got multiple signatures who like waited all days. And then there's people like casual people who can't do that, like have kids and stuff who didn't get any. It was just a nightmare.
1: Well, with that in mind, would you be willing to sp- spend eight hours in the line for a Pokemon artist?
0: Uh, I think I I think I think could. Like, it would be no problem with me. I got pretty good stamina with that stuff, but I don't know if I would. I probably would if I really wanted, like, if I loved the artist and really wanted one. I'd, I could do it for one signature card, but I wouldn't be waiting in line all three days. Like that that'd be way too much, but I could do it for one just to make sure I got one, but I'd have to know, like I'd be guaranteed to get one.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't be like, I would like throw a scene. If I found out I waited like six, seven hours in a line and I wasn't even going to get it. Yeah.
0: Um, So I would probably like wait even longer and make sure I was one of the first people. Yeah. just because of that situation. But
1: that's what I would do as well. Um, You know, if I could have multiple copies signed or not not copies but cards by that artist um, yeah I'd, I'd do it. it but if it's just like a one no absolutely not but if I could get like at least two or three yeah three preferably if I did that long and I would it would be worth it I mean there was somebody that was trying to sell an RCS AR4 with uh, it wasn't even a PSA 10 like, like mine is it was a authenticated. Um, cookies high too, and they were trying to get twelve hundred for it. I mean, and that's the AR four is the most well, difficult one, the grade and the ten uh, of that from that set as well. Um, but I mean, you know, if you fly out of the way and you had several cards that were worth sign and one free collection, and maybe sell to anybody, I mean, you could potentially break even on that trip. You know. Yeah. Like I it it would be worth it if I can have two or three to sign, but I know some artists like they you have to do personalization for the cards. So then I mean some people might not want that. But some people if it just has a signature, that they don't care.
0: I saw a guy who like got them signed and he removed the personalization. With, I guess, you know, acetone or something, but I mean, you really gotta be careful God, that's with so that. That is so risky. That is so risky. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't guess think he did I, it.
1: Maybe if it was on this lab case or something, like, it, I would be willing to do that, because then he just, like, you're not gonna destroy the card. So, yeah, like, if if Camilla, like, Camilla is definitely, like, my favorite, but this, I mean, this individual is pretty amazing, too. Um, but, Kamia and even Kanda, I really like as well. But Kamiya I mean, I'd probably get a few of his cards from first edition, um, like the Toad. I have that in first edition. I'd probably get that signed, and the Psyduck. and I don't, I don't know about the third. I'd have to, I'd have to think about that one. But I mean, if that, if I get all three of those signed, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably wait in the line for like, 12 hours. (laughs) And, like, okay, I I play Pokemon Go, all right? I know how to grind when it comes to to doing this. I stayed up over 24 hours on my final grind in Pokemon Go, okay? So I can stay up and wait in line for 12 hours. I mean, I would need to be prepared, but I can do it. Get, like, a catheter and a bag or something and... (laughs) (laughs)
0: say back when waiting in line for games was a thing like i did it very often (laughs) so Yeah. yeah yeah i i mean
1: i did that a few times for like the midnight release and stuff yeah and then best buy for when they made the black some amazing black friday deal that did that i hate it i don't like it doing that for for stuff like that but this is something that i'd be willing to do it for
0: yeah
1: and but this situation that that they're describing um I would never allow myself to get in a situation, but I wouldn't do it. If it was like that, like you'd be like, Oh, sorry. You've reached the limit for today. I know. Yeah. six hours and you don't even get anything. No, I would no. I absolutely not. I would go off. I, I really would.
0: Yeah. It, it just seems like crazy mess, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for my question, I had, uh, You know, essentially with you going through your collection now and, you know, committing a lot of money potentially to more Lorcana, like what, what would you be going for in Pokemon? Like what, what are your collection goals now, now that you're going through this whole process? Um, So Disney was off the table. Like if another set was off the table, like where, where would you go from here?
1: Um, so I'm not in too much of a rush to, like, I mean, I basically have base through uh, Rocket. I'm just missing the the Dark Charizard. That's, like, the only thing I'm missing. And I have everything from Neo besides most of the Hollows. And after being here at this at this Collective Con, I'm like, you know what? I'm confident I could get a lot of my cards through these places for relatively cheap. So, and for a while. Like, for like the rest of the decade, I, I feel like. And I like, I'm, not, I'm no I'm not worried I'm not worried about that, but no rush. It'll it'll be there. And so the other things that I would potentially go after would be you're looking at more of the higher end promos that I've discussed. Um one of them being the PSA 10 March Psyduck. Um those are relatively hard to grade in a 10 because of the centering issues associated with that card. Uh and I mean, the tens are, like, basically $700 now, which, you know, they are they are creeping up a little bit. Uh, I think some are pushing 800 even even 850 And that'd be one of them before that card gets too crazy. And the other one would be the... Uh, probably having to be a raw copy, um, but a Mario Pikachu would be the other big one. Um, I do still need the Bidoof, but that one I'm not too worried about. That'll be on my... I will be getting that, I think, this year at some point. Um... And then the other one is the complete vending series as yeah. well. There was there was a guy that was selling for 750, and I'm like, that's a great deal at the KC Con. It, it was gone before the end of the first day. Uh, I was like, I, be, I, I bet he, he looks like somebody that took good care of it, too. And he says, I actually got his information because he um, seems like he knows people from Japan, so he can get those pretty regularly. So, yeah, I mean, 750 for a complete set near mint, I'll take that all every day of the week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've already said my portion of that. I think so. It's like, you know, I'm, I, I'm after another Lorcana set, but I don't want to jump on it too quick. I get that it might go up and I might miss out, but I'm kind of okay with that too. So just gonna kind of. Then c- you'll
1: speak in a year, man. I actually got this set. Uh...
0: Well, if if I don't get it, it's because I've got some other goals, and yeah, it'll it'll be worth it either way. Cause you know, ultimately, Pokemon is where I'm at, and you know, I I pretty much sell that if I make any anywhere close to being able to get a couple promo cards. So
1: well, my thought process is, I feel like I'm okay having my cards sit or my like money in the hobby sit in the Lorcana kind of set for the time being over the sealed product because the likelihood of increasing by more than double is in the next year is too great yeah. and I mean boom I sell that you say if I just sold that right then I could get the I could get everything that I just mentioned and then
0: some so yep well like I guess that about does it for the main topic um my shout outs list I mean it's pretty pretty small I'm just gonna hit the the main couple guys um we have Nerdy Bird guy I sold my uh, mm-hmm. packs to. He's pretty solid. Um, DSC DS Collectibles. Those guys are real cool. Um, yep. We didn't have any like specific interactions with them, but we had multiple interactions. Like we always caught ourselves going back to that booth. Mm-hmm. Um, I for, got my like,
1: ancient muse from there.
0: Yeah, really cool guys to talk to. Um, Bone Club Collectibles, aka Cubone, is metal. Real solid guy. He bought my sets. He's a Genuine Collector. They really went to a good home. He made a Instagram post about him already, and I shared it, and definitely Will deserved home there. And then I have Wind Condition Games. Um, these guys were, like, super helpful. They had a lot of Wii Swartz cards, and it's like a market that I've been interested in but haven't really dove in too much. And he was real helpful, you know, showing me some Japanese sites and all that. And... uh Pretty solid guys there. I bought a Espeon Neo Hollow from them. So really Man, nice I had copy a bunch there.
1: very uh, series cards too.
0: Yeah, they had they had a lot of stuff. But uh anybody else that I missed that you want to touch on?
1: I mean you hit um DS Collectibles, um they did great uh great value from them and they're just really pleasant to be around the whole entire time. Um, gamers gateway k c he was a really chill guy he was down to earth he really loved the hobby and he gave me a deal on some uh i mean it was just a bunch of comments from from neo, but he gave me a great deal and i i thought he was he was really really kind uh I mentioned royal gaming and collectibles the ones that could tell about the old about the actual base set pack they knew he was legit thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I mean, it, it is what it is if you wouldn't have bought it, but it was nice to be able to ha- add that to the nice weekend. So, And I believe that was it.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah,
1: Squeaks. Squeaks. Uh, he bought some of my seal product that I had to sell immediately to try to get the set as well, the Disney set. Thank you. I couldn't have gotten that set without you. I really appreciate it.
0: Yep, bring back the podcast. Just make it make it a solo thing. You don't need anybody.
1: <laughs> just, just just talk on your own. You know that's cool. Like like we I we I really like Squeaks. I he seriously cares about this hobby. He loves it. He's a serious nice guy. I yeah I don't have anything bad to say about him. Yeah.
0: All right, y'all. Well, that's gonna do it. Another long episode, and uh, not sure what the next one's gonna be. We're still unwinding, but. We'll give you an update on our endeavors over the next couple weeks. We should have the cards back by the next episode, Um, hopefully. Uh, Check out on my IG and YouTube. I'll be opening them on camera and showing you guys. But other than that, we'll see you then. See you next time. Peace out.